This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, thank you for your giving. Appreciate it. God bless you. I know He will because He's promised to. Amen. Jose and Rosalinda, Rosario, good to see you guys. I see you got, you got a visitor's bag, but you're not really a visitor. It's good to have you. Jose and Rosalinda were in Passion Church for many, many years, dear friends of Cindy and ours, and many of you here. We welcome them along with all of our, our first-time visitors. This morning... Um, we want to recognize Monday is going to be Veterans Day. How many of you know that? Amen. We want to recognize and just uh, give a, a, a big thank you and God bless you to all our vets, uh, past or current. Would you just stand up wherever you are so we can recognize you and say thank you for your service to our country? God bless you. Stay standing a minute. We want to pray over you in just a moment. We so appreciate your sacrifice, and your service to our country. You know, it's, it's easy, isn't it, sometimes to, to kind of take all that we have for granted. I know our country's not perfect. I, uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. But if you've traveled uh, any to uh, outside the United States to other countries, you know, we got a whole lot of good things going on too. And I believe because of people like you who have served and, and we who are praying uh, for our nation, that God yet is going to use this nation for good in the world. Amen. Just uh, whoever's near you, just stretch your hand out toward them. Father, thank you so much for these who have shown us the example of what it is to serve, to put others ahead of themselves, to have a selfless attitude, to be there when duty calls. Father, we thank you so much. We ask your richest blessing upon them, Lord. But, Father, what they have done for this nation has allowed us not only the freedom that we enjoy, but, Father, for the gospel to have spread to the far ends of the earth because of what this nation has and what this nation is able to do because of their sacrifice. Now, bless them, bless them, bless them abundantly, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Give them another hand. Thank you, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. We do not take your service for granted. Hallelujah. God richly bless you. You know, we're talking about cosmic conflict. We started in October talking about it. So, you know, if, if, if you're visiting or maybe if you've missed a Sunday or two or somewhere in there, you can go on our website again. You can pull it down under the, the Montgomery campus. You can see the, the webcast uh, there you, or the, the podcast, and you can look on there, and you can kind of catch up what we've been talking about. But we're talking about a cosmic conflict. The word cosmic or cosmos in the Bible, it refers to a world system. It's not talking about the animals, the plants, the mountains, the rivers, and the trees. It's talking about the world systems that, that govern the government, the economy, the education system, and all those kinds of systems. That's what it's talking about, that there is an enemy who's called the God of this world, Satan, 
and he is uh, working through those systems to undermine the will and the plan and the purpose of God. And as Jesus said, he is out to kill, to steal, and to destroy as many people as he can. And the reason is, is because you and I are made in God's image. No, I'm not saying that that God is not a male or female. He doesn't have a physical body. But the real you is a spiritual being. And you have a body. Amen. And you have a soul, which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. So this cosmic conflict, we've talked about this, and we won't have time to to review completely, but turn over to Ephesians. We'll kind of let this be our both our introductory and our reminder. In Ephesians 6, Paul is writing to the church. Say, that's me. We are the church. Amen. You are the church. Church is not a building. The church is not an address except that you have an address. So the, your, your address is God's address. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to look today at the shoes of peace. But first, let's just go back to Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. And then he tells us how. Put on the full armor of God. That's our responsibility, isn't it? So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Now, we, we mentioned that the word here translated devil comes from diablo, and it really means, in the Greek, it means repeated blows. Like a, a castle in medieval times, you know, they'd bring up the big siege engines, you know, and they would put the big stones in those things, and they would slam that stone against the wall repeatedly over and over and over until they weakened that wall and it would collapse. And the enemy comes at you and I in the same way. He comes at you over and over and over again. It may be in your mind, in your thought life. It may be against your finances. It may be against a relationship. But he pounds and pounds and pounds. And he said the only way we're going to be able to withstand that is what? Is to be clothed with the armor of God. The full armor, actually, he says. He said, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Oh, that we would get a hold of that in our nation. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, notice he didn't say if it comes, he said when it comes. Amen. Everybody goes through stuff. Doesn't matter who you are. He said, but if you got on the full armor of God, you're going to be able to stand when the evil day comes. He said, stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Now, we're going to be talking about the shoes of peace, the gospel of peace on our shoes today, and it's going to be very important because we're going to learn how to wear and put on those shoes of peace and be able to stand. Amen. I want to stand. It's hard to win a battle on your back. Usually you're down for the count when you're on your back, aren't you? Stand your ground after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. We talked about that last week. Buckled around your waist. The breastplate of righteousness in place. We talked about that. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert. Boy, I tell you, our vets know what I'm talking about. If you're deployed somewhere, especially if it's in a theater where there's enemy activity, you want to be alert, don't you? You better know it. Man, your head's on a swivel. Your, your, your eyes are open. You're alert. I mean, you're ready. You've got your weapons. You're standing ready, aren't you, at your post? Be alert. And he said, and with this in mind, be alert and keep always praying for all the Lord's people. So today we're going to talk about the shoes of peace, the gospel of peace. Now, when we talk about, when we, we mention the word shoes here, we're thinking in modern day terms. You know, but Paul wasn't writing about Nikes here. Amen. He's not writing about that. He's not writing about Jordan Airs. I mean, you know, he, he's, the shoes he's talking about are the shoes that the Roman soldier in his day wore into battle. Amen. Not your bedroom slippers. These are, not, these are not your comfy shoes. These are not the ones, you know, when you, you get home from a hard day at work and you put your slippers on and you, you know, and you kick back in your favorite recliner. These are not the shoes we're talking about. These shoes were made of two pieces. You had the bottom part of the shoes that were fitted tightly around your feet. And on the bottom, you had spikes anywhere from one to three inches long. Anybody ever played football or soccer or something like that? Remember how you had cleats on the bottom of your shoes? They weren't just smooth and slick. You had cleats on there. You look at those athletes today, whether they're, they're running or whether they're playing football or soccer or whatever. Their shoes are specially designed to dig in and give them a firm traction. They can change uh, uh, directions quickly. They can get their good footing. They don't slip and fall down. These gospel shoes on the bottom of the part of the shoes, of these two parts of shoes, they've got these long spikes so that you can stand your ground. The Roman soldier, you know, when they would get ready to advance, you know, they would stomp on the ground with their feet. Those spikes would go deep, and they would advance and advance and advance. And if the enemy hit them a blow on their shield, they had their feet firmly planted. Because if they lost their feet, they may lose their head. Amen. So these feet, he says, have the, your feet shod. That means bound tightly. The peace of God needs to be bound tightly in our life. For some people, your shoes are too loose. You ever had a pair of shoes that were too big? Oh, man, your foot just kind of walled around in them. They, they wear, you know, might wear a blister on the back of your, I mean, a bad pair of fitting shoes, oof, they can cripple you up real big, can't you? And especially, think about trying to play football in a pair of shoes that were two sizes too big or were too tight. But he says here, he says, have these shoes bound tightly on you. See, some people, the least little thing knocks them down. It knocks their peace away from them. Because these are the gospel shoes of peace. He said, bind them tightly to your feet. In other words, let the peace of God, let it be strong in your life. 
Don't let the least little thing knock the peace loose. You see some people, and you know, they're all worried and anxious. And I, you know, I'm not being critical. We've all had to battle that. But some people, the least little thing, it just, stole, it just steals their peace. He said, you've got to tie this peace on tightly. Don't let it be loose. Don't let your peace be easily knocked away by the, the circumstances of life. Bound tightly. This, it also means for solidarity, for firmness, and for a foundation. Remember, he said, stand. Amen? You never see anybody sitting down in a battle. Not when it's hand to hand. They're standing. You're standing strong. He said, to have that foundation firm. And without peace, sooner or later, when your peace goes, it won't be long before your faith follows your hope follows, and pretty soon disappointment comes up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You begin to be anxious. You begin to be fearful. And it's hard to stand when you're feeling that way, when those emotions are just rolling over you. Now, don't misunderstand me. All of us have opportunity to have our peace knocked away. But he said, that's why you got to have it tied on firmly. Firmly bound to you. Have a foundation there that's strong. Amen? Now, there are two kinds of peace. There's peace with God. That's the first starting place for peace. In Romans 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. That's the starting place. It's when I recognize that, you know what? I can't measure up. I don't have to measure up, and it's pointless to try to measure up because the Bible says everybody has missed it. Maybe you missed it a foot, and I missed it a mile, but a miss is a miss. Isn't that right? And he says there's only one way to have peace with God, to to know that I'm forgiven, that I'm in right standing with God, that, that God is, that there's no anger, there's no judgment directed toward me. And he said that is putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, being forgiving, forgiven, and justified. He said, now you have peace. If you're a believer, let me, I got good news for you. God's not mad at you. Yeah, but Pastor Norris, you don't know. I haven't done it all just right. Well, whoever has done it just right can come up here and condemn the rest of us. That's not me. I'm not throwing any rocks. But here's the thing. You know, we're all, we're justified by the grace of God. And God's not mad at you. Let's just say that together. God's not mad at me. That's where peace starts. Because the enemy wants to come and tell you, doesn't he? He's the accuser. We talked about that. He's the one that wants to come and say, you know what? God don't like you. God don't love you. You, you know what you've done. You know what you didn't do. And he's always accusing you and telling you, you know, you didn't pray enough. You didn't do this enough. You did that too much. You didn't do that. You didn't have the right attitude. Blah, 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 blah. That's not God. I said, that's not God. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you are a believer in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he said, there's no condemnation. So that's where peace starts. But then there's something I like to call dominating or ruling peace. Look over in Colossians chapter 3. We're talking about the armor 
and particularly the gospel shoes of peace. I'm going to stand in the peace of God. I'm not going to let the devil's condemnation get on me and stay on me. I'm going to, like the song today, I'm going to have joy. As soon as you lose your peace, you start losing your joy, don't you? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, you know, if we're fighting the enemy, I want to have some strength. Amen? And he said it's the joy of the Lord. I know sometimes people say, I don't understand. Yeah, you know, worship here at Passion Church. You people get loud. You people get, you know, I was at a football game yesterday, and there was 102,000 people. And I mean, they were acting like crazy people. Over a piece of uh, inflated leather football. If it move a few yards one way or the other, I mean, ha, ha. And you want to tell me the people of God can't come in here and know that their sins are forgiven, that heaven is their home, that God is in me, God is for me, and that don't make me happy? If it don't, your wood is wet. <laughs> Need to dry it out. Amen. Colossians 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When the Bible talks about our hearts, he's talking about our innermost being, the spirit of man. He said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body. Say one body. You were called to peace and be ye thankful. One of the things we can be thankful for is what? We have peace. We have peace with God, and you know what? We can allow that peace to dwell and live in us and to rule our minds, our emotions, our words. Amen? This is how we keep peace strong. We let the peace rule starting in our hearts. You know, you ever been temp tempted to worry? Me and a couple more. Yeah, the Bible says, you know, even Jesus was tempted, but what? Without sin. And so we're going to let the peace rule in my heart. When those thoughts, those anxious thoughts arise, and they do, don't they? Come on, can we be real? You know, we haven't arrived yet. God's still working on us, isn't He? So we're tempted. You know, that's when we need to remember, and one of the best ways to remember is to be thankful. God, I thank you that Jesus died for me, that he's forgiven me of all my sins, that heaven is my home, that you are my father, that I belong to you, and that you're at work in me, both the will and the do of your good pleasure, that you're for me. And if you be for me, the devil can't stand against me successfully. Oh, yeah, he may try to come against me, but I am going to be thankful. I'm going to remember that the Lord my God is with me and for me, and there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And I've got my shoes of peace firmly planted in God, and I am not going to be moved, not by circumstance, not by worry, not by fears. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to let the peace of God, what? rule in my life. You ever been under siege by the enemy? Remember, we said it's like repeated blows. You ever had circumstances that didn't exactly align with God's promises? Hello? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, along with those circumstances, that old nagging voice 
Hey, you know, it's not going to work this time. Yeah, you're, it's, no, God's not going to come through you, for you this time. You're, you know, hey, your kids are not going to get saved. I mean, look at how they're acting. Look at how they're living. It's not going to, God's, it's not going to work. God's not doing it. You ever had any of those kind of thoughts? Or it could be another area. That's when you start being thankful and you start remembering what God said. And you put those feet down with those spikes down deep and you say, I'm not being moved. <laughs> My hope is in God. My hope is in God. My trust is in God. So there's, there's that dominating peace. And he said, you've got to let it rule in your heart. Then peace is also a, a, a defensive weapon against the challenges of life. And we all have challenges. Anybody in here got a challenge in life? <laughs> and look over here. Turn over to Philippians real quickly. It's just next door. Hang a left. Ephesians 4, Paul's writing, I mean Philippians 4, thank you. Do not be anxious about anything, about anything. That pretty much covers it, doesn't it? Boy, I tell you, I've had some big opportunities to be anxious. Have you guys know what I'm talking about? Boy. But in every, everybody say every. Every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, there's that word again. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You know, you can have peace in the midst of your situation, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make logic. People around you think you're crazy. You've lost your mind. But he said it transcends mere human understanding. Boy, that's when I need the peace, isn't it? When everything is telling me, this is it. Well, if I had a, a, a nickel for every time the devil said, this is it, I'd have more money than I got now. <laughs> he said, well, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that word guard there, one translation says, and, and, and the word there uh, indicates it. He said, we'll be like a Peace will be like a garrison around your heart. Now, you know, in Paul's day with the Roman Empire, wherever they were, if there was a place that was strategic, whether by position or whether politically or whether somebody uh, of importance uh, was living there, they always had a Roman garrison. They had soldiers, Roman soldiers, fully outfitted in this armor, and they were garrisoned around that position or that person. And this is what he's talking about. He said, you make your request known to God when you have circumstances, a situation that's coming against you, that's, that's tempting you to be anxious, to be fearful. He said, let your request with thanksgiving be made known to God, and this peace will become a garrison around you, around your mind, around your emotions, around your circumstances. Hallelujah. Of course, with God, His garrison is not Roman soldiers. It's the angelic host. Absolutely, yay. <laughs> so, oh, Pastor, you still believe in angels? You better know it. <laughs> 
You better know it. You better, if you don't, you better start believing in them. Amen? Absolutely. But he said this peace will also act like a garrison around you. It'll protect your mind when it's feeling like it's under attack and it's the sea. And you can just lay down and you can have peace and you can go. I mean, sometimes I've had peace and I thought, this ain't right. I mean, my mind tells me that. Something wrong with you. You need to be more worried. I've had people tell me that. Bless their heart. I mean, I'm talking about these. Most of the time it's people that just don't know this. And I'm not being critical. There's a whole lot I don't know. So, you know. I'm not being critical because somebody don't know. But, you know, against the challenges, against the blows upon our mind, our emotions, it may be our relationships, it could be finances, it could be difficulties, it could be your health, it could be uh, job-related, whatever. There's all kind of attacks as we go through life. He said, first thing you need to do when you come under attack is what? Pray. Not gripe. Not complain. Pray. See, don't come griping and complaining until you've prayed. But I found this out. If you've prayed and you've given it to God and the peace of God is garrisoning around you and you're being thankful and joy is welling up in you, there won't be too much complaint in your mouth. Hello? <laughs> you know, complaining is what got Israel in trouble. They could see the promise, but they couldn't get to it because between them and the promise was a whole bunch of complaining. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah 26, 3, God said this. He said, I will keep him, her, in perfect peace whose mind is stayed, fixed, fastened upon me, upon the Lord. Isn't that right? See, this is where uh, our private time of meditation and prayer and being in the Word, God's Word, is so important. Man, I'm telling you, before I go to bed at night, man, I, I, I get in my office, and man, I, I put on my favorite worship music. A lot of times it's just instrumental, and man, it, it just begins, that, man, that begins to pray, and I got all my earplugs, man, I'm listening, and I'm just letting it saturate, and I'm getting my mind on the Lord. I'm remembering His goodness. I'm remembering His promises. I'm remembering His presence, and man, the presence and the peace of God just saturates my mind, and all the stuff of the day just gets washed away, and man... I'm just thankful to God. I remember His goodness. And, you know, and that's how I go to bed. I don't go to bed watching as the stomach turns <laughs> or whatever. Why? No wonder you can't sleep. I'm not interested in what Starsky and Hutch are doing. <laughs> if you don't know who that is, you have to Google it, young people. Or whatever the favorite show is. I, you know, there's nothing wrong with entertainment as long as it's wholesome. But, you know, I'm not going to get all that stuff on my mind. I'm going I'm to have the presence of God. I'm going to have the peace of God garrisoning around me when I climb into bed. I'm going to be like, this is good. And all through the day you can do that. Amen? But peace is also can be an offensive weapon for us. Look in Romans 16. How you doing out there? Hallelujah. Amen. Romans 16, verse 20. 
Well, we'll back up to verse 19. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I remember years ago we had a song about that. Anybody y'all remember that? You young folks don't. This word crush here, it actually means, it's an, the word here means an act of smashing and crushing grapes under feet. It means an act of crushing bone under feet. Now remember those big shoes I talked about that the Romans had? Now we talked about the bottom part. The bottom part has got them big long spikes, but the top part it, had, it was made of brass, and it came up top of the foot all the way up to the knee. So when they were marching, if they went through a briar patch or they went through where there were, was rough terrain or whatever, they didn't get all cut up and bruised. Are you listening? And when the Roman soldier marched, he was trained to march, uh, you know, with, just like in the military now, with a measured short step. And when they would march, they didn't just, you know, sneak along. They stamped as they went and those big old shoes with those big spikes and they you'd have a whole group of these roman soldiers marching down a street and everybody who heard it knew who was coming and you know what they did you got out of the way because when a group of soldiers roman soldiers was marching like that they did not stop for anyone and if you were in the way you got crushed. This is the picture Paul's talking about here. That the, the crushing of the, of the shoes of peace as you and I are marching together, shoulder to shoulder, we're moving forward. I mean, we're marching in God. And he said, it's a crushing effect of the enemy. Because where is the enemy? Where has God put the enemy? Under our feet. And that's what he's talking about. So God in Christ, through what He has done in our life, through redemption, He is, as we put on the shoes of peace and we are marching forward in our life, you know what? We are crushing everything of the enemy that is in our path. Are you listening? Amen. What did God say to Joshua as he was preparing to go into the promised land. Anybody remember? Be strong and courageous. What else did he tell them? Fear not. He also said this. Everywhere you place your feet, I've given it to you. Satan is supposed to be under our feet, but if we don't have on the shoes of the gospel of peace, he's not under our feet. He's in our head. By that, I don't mean literally, but I mean his thoughts, his attacks. And so if we've got on the, the shoes of peace and he, we're, we're marching, we're standing, and he's under our feet, then the peace of God will be in our head. It will be a garrison around about us. And he said, therefore, everywhere you place your feet, when you've got the gospel of peace, the shoes of peace, you've got them on you, firmly bound to you, wherever you go, the enemy is being crushed under your feet. 
Circumstances are being crushed under your feet, and the peace of God will garrison round about your mind, your heart, and strengthen you. Amen? Amen. The shoes of peace. Peace is a mighty weapon, church. Listen, I've met Christians through the years that the way they were trying to get peace was Pastor, pray so that, and they wanted me to pray everything right that was wrong in their life. I told them, doggone, excuse me for cussing in church. I said, doggone, I haven't been able to do that in my own life yet. He said, well, I said, I ain't coming to church. Listen, you can get everything just right in your life, but you know what? Not everything. Not all things are wrong in my life either. Same in your life. There are many things that are good and godly and right and aligned with God in our lives, you know, as we walk with God. But, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know what, there's not some attacks. But, you know, I found this out. Rather than trying to get everything just right, then I'll have peace. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. I put on the gospel shoes of peace. I focus my mind and my thoughts on God. The peace of God garrisons around me. And as I'm thankful to God for all the good things He has done and is doing in my life, that peace keeps me even in the midst of the things that are not just right in my life. That makes sense to you? It's a reality, you know. I would like to tell you, hey, you know what? Boy, yeah, you know, in this life you can get everything just right. But you know if I told you that, I'd probably lie about something else. <laughs> Let me give you some action points because I've got to close here. Let me ask you a question first. Do you struggle with keeping peace in your life? You know, if you struggle with that, maybe it's the way you're going about it. Maybe you're, you're like I said before, you're, you're praying and everything, and, you know, and, you know, you've prayed, and, you know, and everything's not just right yet. Come on. Let's be real. You know? But he said, after you pray, he said, then you know what? You've got to what? Be thankful. Isn't that right? And let your mind be focused on God, on His faithfulness, on His promises, that he will do exactly what he's going to do. And you can live in peace, not just when everything gets just right with that problem. You can, get, you can have peace and live in peace while that problem's being worked out in your life. Do you have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ? This is a starting place. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and, and asked him to come into your life and be your Savior and forgive you of your sins, no wonder you don't have peace. That's the starting place. And I would encourage you, if you've never done that, you know, you can do that. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. That word saved means your sins will be forgiven. You'll be made right with God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will come into your life. And then thirdly, and finally, put on the shoes of peace so that you can walk confidently every day. Amen? You know, I talked about, you know, and we understand it in modern terms about athletes, you know, professional athletes that, you know, have tremendous uh, uh, abilities and, and develop their skills and, and, and uh, you know, we just marvel at them. What, it doesn't matter to me whatever uh, area it's in. 
But, you know, like, like I said, with football or soccer, of course, especially in the South and here in America with football. But, you know, I, I've heard coaches talk about and players talk about, you know, that, you know, they get to a certain, on a certain surface and a certain kind of shoe won't work. So they, you know, they don't just keep slipping and sliding. You know what they do? They change their shoes. And I would suggest to you, if, if you're having difficulty with peace ruling in your heart and life, maybe you need to change the shoes you're wearing for these gospel shoes that Paul's talking about here. Because they're going to give you confident and firm footing. You know why? Because your focus is going to be off yourself and off your, your, your circumstances and on to God. And you can walk confidently. You can walk with joy. You can walk with strength. You can walk with hope, even though everything hasn't just straightened out overnight. Amen? Well, would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the armor of God that you've given us so that we can have confidence in this cosmic conflict so that we can stand with a firm footing. Father, I pray for every believer in this place, everyone who's called on you, Father, that they would put the shoes, the gospel shoes of peace, firmly, firmly tied to their feet, as it were, that they will not allow fear, discouragement, anxiety, and worry to rule their minds, and their emotions. But God, with the gospel shoes of peace firmly in place, they focus upon you. Now, right now, if you need to cast some cares, maybe, maybe worry and anxiety has really been coming against you. We've all been there. But right now, the Bible says that, that we need to, number one, we need to make our requests known to God. If you've done that, he said, then to cast all of your cares over on Him. And right where you're sitting right now, just right there between you and the Lord, just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm giving you every care. I'm giving you this thing that's, that's causing me anxiety, that's causing me fear, that's, that's coming against my life, that's stealing my faith. I trust you to make it right. I trust you to work it out. A relationship, family members, children that are away from the Lord. Lord, we trust you to make it right. Our confidence is in you. Father, I thank you for the peace of God to garrison round about their hearts and minds. I thank you, Lord, as they are, joy, are thankful to you that joy will rise up in them. Joy will rise up in them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, everyone said. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.